Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Can we talk about the word monogamy for a second? It even sounds boring. Monogamy. (laughs) So what does it actually mean to be monogamous? Do you need to be emotionally faithful, sexually faithful? What if monogamy is just not for you? What if you think it's not for you, but it actually is? It's 2016 and we're bending social stereotypes left and right. So isn't it only natural that our idea of relationships also evolve? I'm Elisa Benson. This is the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast. And today we are talking about open relationships. Joining me in the studio is, we just cannot get rid of her, (laughs) Sex and Relationships Senior Editor for Cosmopolitan.com. Please welcome back our dear friend, Allie Drucker. Hi, Allie. Hi, guys. Hi, Elisa. This is what, like three in a row, four in a row? I think it might be One million in a row? It might be four. I love it. Who can keep count? Who can keep count? (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for coming back today. Always. Um, And also joining our panel is Sophie St. Thomas, a Brooklyn-based writer who frequently contributes basically everywhere on the internet to Vice, (laughs) Nyland, Marie Claire, Harper's Bazaar, Playboy, and more. She wrote an article recently for our sister site, Marie Claire, that we picked up on Cosmopolitan.com called I Tried an Open Relationship and It Was a Disaster. Hi, Sophie. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, of course. Um, I have so many questions for you, and I think we should start off by sort of saying that, like, right off the bat, first of all, everyone should read your piece live now and Marie Claire and on Cosmopolitan.com, you ultimately decided that being in a polyamorous relationship was not for you, but you spent a long time in it. Um, Almost three years trying to. Yeah, it was a long time. And can you sort of explain for readers who might not be familiar with that term, like exactly what that means to you? Absolutely. So, you know, there's open relationships and polyamory is one form of open relationships. And where that is distinguished, you know, from agreeing to try threesomes or to give someone, you know, a pass is that the polyamorous, the amory is about love. So you're not, you're actually dating other people. Within a relationship, you're allowed to have multiple partners that you're not only sexually involved with, but romantically involved with as well. And some poly people will have multiple partners with no hierarchy. the type of relationship that I was in or, or we were trying to figure out is when you have one primary partner, but then you're allowed to have sort of orbitary secondary partners as well that you not just sleep with, but date, you know, romantic feelings. Um, all of that is totally cool in that sort of polyamorous relationship. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like as like the vernacular evolves, people need a lot of clarification because it's like polyamory and open relationships. It's the same as mm-hmm. not all rectangles are squares. Yeah. So you, you have to kind of totally conflate open relationship versus poly, and they're actually quite different. They are. They really are. And um, I'm sure we'll get into this, but yeah, it, it for me the hardest part was the um, the emotional sharing um ultimately when it came down to it i just couldn't 
couldn't be cool with having my boyfriend having having feelings and going on dates with, with other women. Um, so that was the hardest part for me was the the emotional availability over the sexual availability. And you were with your primary partner for three years, right? Yes. Which I think is kind of important. Like this wasn't something you tried for six months. This was a really serious relationship. It was. And, you know, we still talk like every week he's we had a, a, a bad breakup but um he's become one of my best friends which is really lovely and now i'm in a pr- pretty much monogamous relationship with a boyfriend we live together and he is doing his poly thing and you know it took a while but we're your great ex friends. is doing his poly thing. my ex is doing his poly yes. thing. yes my ex is doing <laughs> his poly partner. things um and he's he's totally happy it works for him and i'm now you know, living with someone in the relationship structure that turns out was always best for me. Um, I think, you know, as we were just saying, like even the terminology here can be a little bit confusing and, you know, people can have different definitions and Mm -hmm. things can be different things. So for someone like you that actually lived through this, like how does that even start? Was this something that you were interested in? Is it something that your your partner presented to you? Like I'm sort of imagining almost this like formal conversation Mm -hmm. where you have to be like, this is what the kind of relationship I want to have is like these are the rules yeah you know I think for people that have been practicing poly for a long time it probably goes like that unfortunately it wasn't as smooth or as elegant as that for us I think while we were together he was sort of figuring out that he identified as polyamorous um it it kind of it 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 wasn't that smooth to be honest It, it took us there was a lot of fighting about if we were monogamous mm-hmm. and he knew he couldn't be monogamous and then I, we agreed to try different things and I think through us being together is how he came to realize I identify as poly and this is how I want to date and through that time it was when I realized I'm not poly you know I, I respect it if it works for you but it's just not for me so during our relationship I think we both figured out Unfortunately, through our, in, or not unfortunately, because we both ended up where we should be, but through our incompatibility, we've realized what we identify as. But we didn't, we didn't have the smoothest conversation about it. Okay, that's, that's interesting. It's almost like something you stumbled into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there like a pivotal moment when you realized, oh, this is definitely not for me? Yeah, there was. Um, I sort of talked about it in that article. I think it might have been... There, there's a moment in the article where I discuss um, at the time before I became a full-time writer I worked in television and mm-hmm. the schedule was insane and I was a late night working on a talk show and I was just like <laughs> like swallowed like took an anti-anxiety pill just like needed to take a break I just like couldn't deal with it because I was um, at work and he was on a date with another woman you know he had been meeting and, and talking with you know and I did the whole stalking thing and was like, yep, he's totally going to be into this this woman. And I just couldn't do it. I, I just, that's just not my attachment style. I'm, you know, I, in a monogamous relationship, it's fine, but I can be jealous. I can be clingy. Um, <laughs> I can be possessive. And I was trying to focus at work in a very stressful job. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't be present and, and do my job when I knew that my partner was on a date with someone else. I remember there's a line in the story where you're talking about that moment where you were like, I had this image in my mind of him or like of this woman of this woman giving him a blowjob and that wasn't what bothered me. Like I didn't actually care about the physical aspect, but mm-hmm. it was the idea of feeling like I feel like they're going to have an emotional connection. Yeah, you know, to be honest, when it comes to things the yeah, emotional 
not infidelity because it's not infidelity in open relationship. That is something that's nice about it is that it's all honest and upfront right. as opposed to, to cheating. Um, you know, but I would, you know, I, things like, like threesomes and, and the sexual part, I'm, I'm far more open to and okay with. Um, and I'm not saying that I necessarily wanted my partner to be getting a blowjob from another woman, but, <laughs> but that was, for whatever reason for me, that would be easier to come to terms with than a ongoing emotional connection. For sure. And so when you were dating or sleeping with other people while you were with your primary partner, were you upfront with them? Yeah, I was. You know, I um, it wasn't a very positive experience for me to sleep with other people. Um, the people I did s- sleep with, there wasn't that many of them because I didn't, you know, I, this wasn't really a relationship format I wanted, but um, they were friends of mine, so they knew they knew the deal. You know, they knew right. what was happening. It'd be like I was h- hanging out with a guy I was friends with that and my partner, you know, I knew he wouldn't mind, so we ended up sleeping together, but it would, it was sort of messy, you know, so every, everyone knew. I wasn't um, on, like, dating sites searching for additional partners, but the times it happened, it was with, with friends who knew what was going on, and so, so everything was always um, upfront and honest. Um, so would you try another open relationship? No, I would not try another polyamorous relationship. Polyamory is interesting. Um, it's it's controversial, but some polyamorous people believe it's a sexual orientation, hmm. um, and where other people are just like, no, that's a lifestyle. You know, you can't backpack on the LGBTQ community by saying it's an orientation. Sure. But but there is a lot of sex science that's coming out that show that people with different attachment patterns, you know, we're sort of programmed for different relationship styles, and I. I'm not programmed to be polyamorous. Um, I tried it and it just sort of set me into a panic attack. Um, would I be open to exploring something like like a threesome with my current partner? You know, sure, but not full-on polyamory where we're dating other people. Right, right. And I'm curious, do you think your experience trying a poly relationship has helped you approach monogamy any differently? Like, is there anything you learned from your time that now kind of colors your relationships in a different way? Yeah, that's really huge for me. Um, You know, when you're polyamorous, and this is something I've learned more from my friends who are actually polyamorous and do it successfully (laughs) and and gracefully, is that if you don't have the definition of the relationship being we are together because we only sleep with each other, we only date each other, you have to look and say, well, why are we together? And you realize, and you have to learn that it's the love and it's the connection and it's something more that defines the relationship than structure. Um, It also, so that, was big to me, you know, um, me and my boyfriend I live with now, we're monogamous, but you know, it's made me realize that it's more than just those definitions that make us life partners. You know, it, it's the love, it's the connection, it's it's something very deep. And um, it also helped me deal with jealousy hmm. a lot. Um, you know, if you're polyamorous, you have to you have to learn to deal with jealousy. So things like ex-girlfriends, you know, or like the hot girl he works with. I've sort of learned to better, to become more confident in our relationship and let those threats not be such a big of a deal from from trying polyamory. You know, even jealousy aside, like even if you learn to be the least jealous person in the world, or maybe you're not naturally super jealous, or maybe you do feel really comfortable in a poly arrangement, 
you know, I think even just the logistics of it. Oh, God. You know? Like, <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> I feel like so many calendar schedules. Yeah. yeah. You need, like, a separate thing in your phone oh, for totally. each right. right. I know. And, like, I would just, you know, I feel like we've all had that moment in any kind of, like, a friendship or, like, a monogamous relationship where you're a little bummed out. Like, wait, I thought you said you were going to come to, like, my thing after work oh, totally. or whatever, whatever. And it ends up being, you know, I feel like that would be a whole um, host of problems in and of itself. Especially because, like, for all of us busy, successful people, I feel like time management can be an, an issue in a relationship to begin with. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're working in the city and you're trying to see your friends and you're trying to meet deadlines, and I feel like you're lucky if you <laughs> make time to go on dates and have sex with, with, your, with one partner. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how they do that. It's funny. Um, for another article, once I had interviewed these people who made an app called the Poly Life. That sole focus was to allow people in polyamorous relationships to schedule, no. <laughs> to oh schedule their lives. Oh my god! Yeah, it's such know, a problem. It's yeah. a need. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, do you have advice for couples that are interested in this kind of relationship or want to try it? Um, I, I think the main thing is honesty. You know, communication and honesty it's you know I think a lot of people hear open relationship and and right off the bat um I'm just gonna say it maybe more men than women it can sound super appealing like hey I oh, can for sure yeah. with whoever I want but I feel like for I mean not not all men uh -huh. but I feel like this is a bit of like a male fantasy <laughs> problematic right yeah but um I right I mean I feel like it's Again, like obviously a lot of men are in super committed relationships uh -huh. and are happy, I think, but I feel like it's a fantasy for men. Yeah, I, I would say, and this is something my, my ex-partner, you know, talks about all the time whenever, you know, because we've stayed friends, whenever I talk to him about this, he is that it's just not that glamorous. You know, I think few people as, you know, you might have even any of us might have even learned from trying just to do you know casual sex when you're single like it's never that simple you know the, yeah. everyone's humans with emotions and lives and you know being in one relationship can be hard enough being in multiple relationships from what I understand is extremely emotionally challenging and and for some people it comes naturally I think those people probably you know know that um, if you're looking to explore it I would say make sure if you're already in a relationship with someone, you guys have a really solid foundation and you gotta be able to communicate. And if it's not working for someone, um, you're gonna have to come to an agreement. But um, what I learned the most for myself is that because I am very open-minded and very respectful of various sexualities, you know, I was like, yeah, I got this. Like, I'm an open-minded girl, I can do this. And then ultimately, I couldn't. And I think it probably would have been easier if I had just been honest with myself about that from the beginning. So communication and honesty, not only with your partner, but also with yourself is really important when navigating the exploration of various relationship structures. Yeah. Uh, being honest with yourself is the hardest. Mm -hmm. true. Yeah, it is. At, every day I'm trying to do that. <laughs> okay, so I think it's time to go ahead and dial up our next guest. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. One of the things that makes open relationships easier today than ever before is the fact that obviously you can find them online. So whether you're looking for an open relationship, someone to hook up with, or a third person to join you in the bedroom, you can find all of that on any kind of dating app. 
So here to talk about that, plus how to bring up an open relationship with a partner, is Match.com's relationship expert. She, is at a, she has a doctoral degree in psychology and specializes in relationships. Please welcome Dr. Kimberly Moffitt. Hi, Dr. Kimberly. Hello. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Great, great. So as you know, we're talking about open relationships, and we want to figure out how that ties into online dating. So when someone's on a dating site like Match and looking for an open relationship, should they be upfront about that, put it in their profile? Is that sort of airing too much dirty laundry too soon? (laughs) That is a great question. I think when you're online dating, the key is to be as open and upfront as possible about what you're looking for in a relationship. I mean, that's just about everything you put on your profile should be an accurate reflection of who you are and where you're at in the moment. But with that being said, sometimes we don't always know fully what we're looking for. Sometimes we think we're looking for something long-term, marriage, kids, everything like that. But then we meet someone and they seem like, you know, being in an open relationship with them in that moment is the right thing at the right time. So I think it's important to be as honest as possible, but also, you know, forgive yourself if you kind of change your mind along the way, because sometimes open relationships happen unexpectedly. You know, that's actually something that we were just talking about right before we jumped on the phone with you. Um, And Sophie had brought up this point about really needing to be honest with yourself about what kind of relationship you want. But Mm -hmm. as somebody that is online dating at the moment, like, Mm -hmm. I think that is so tricky. Like, it's really easy to go into it saying, like, oh, like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I just want to keep things casual. But, like, obviously, I don't really mean that. And I fall (laughs) in love with everyone five (laughs) seconds after I start talking to them. So I think it's a little, I think it's a little tricky for anyone to sort of, I don't know, like, sometimes I'm surprised or I don't know if it's fair to say that this is a gender thing, but I almost feel like men sometimes are the ones that can be so sure about exactly what they're looking for. And I just, as a woman, feel like that's maybe a bit (laughs) fake. Yeah, well, I think that sometimes people come off with this air of confidence. They know exactly what they want. But I feel like when it comes down to the person, I think we nobody truly knows what they want until they're actually in that situation. And that's what makes open relationships really so tricky and complicated. Um, but nobody truly knows. And I think the key is just kind of learning about yourself as you go through the process, being open to what's out there and encouraging you know the person that you're dating or the person who you're chatting with to feel the same way too, encouraging them to kind of explore what options are available and doing what feels right in that moment for you. So what do you tell clients who want to have open relationships? You know, so they're, (laughs) number one, they're really complicated. And there's a couple of different ways that an open relationship can happen. Number one is, you know, kind of like your situation where you're, you're, entering into like a new relationship and um, that would be kind of an open relationship from the get-go if that's what you're looking for but then there are other people who come into my office who have been in long-term committed relationships for a really long time and they you know something's not working for them maybe they want to spice things up (laughs) and they decide to renegotiate the terms of their relationship and in that case there is a lot of work that needs to be done because even if you do everything right Even if you negotiate and you do all the proper communication tips, there's still no guarantee that that open relationship is going to work and there's no guarantee that your relationship is going to survive. So so the biggest piece of advice I have is just that really clear expectations and boundaries and always touch base along the way. You know, and I'm sure you you must have touched base on this already, but... Um, Are you going to be seeing individual people? Are you going to invite somebody new into the bedroom? How much are you going to dish with your partner about what actually happens? And all of this needs to be negotiated in advance. 
Right. Um, and I kind of wanted to ask about the specific like level of detail. And like, Sophie, I don't know if you have any thoughts from your own experience you want to share about this. But is there is it better to sort of have like a OK, we sort of agree on the general terms, but we have a don't ask, don't tell policy about what exactly <laughs> is happening? Or is it better to really be explicit with your partner about like what went down? I honestly yeah. don't know. They sort of both seem terrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, neither one of these is going to prevent the feelings from coming out. And there's a lot of unexpected, really raw, real feelings that can happen for couples when they go through something like this. Um, and I'd say it's a very personal decision to decide on what you're going to share with your partner. And that also has to be agreed upon in advance. Um, my preference personally would be the don't ask, don't tell policy, because I do believe that things are always worse in our heads than they are in reality. Right. And the more explicit details that come out, just the more curiosity, frustration, anger, um, and, and, and jealousy can come out. So I'd say that um, that policy, in my opinion, probably works better for couples, but it, you really need to kind of figure out what you think would be best for What's you. What's best for you. Sophie, what did you have um, guidelines about that with your ex? Um, we didn't have strict guidelines, but we were very open with one another. Um, something we haven't talked about yet, which was also very challenging for me, is that I am like a like a like a health freak especially when it comes to possibilities of STI transmission so that was a huge concern for me mm. um when i knew mm. that he'd be going out and seeing other people and so i i would want to know often i'd be very curious from a safe sex standpoint um yeah, how like, how far they went and what happened exactly. because what exactly did you do yeah. what types of protection safe? Exactly. exactly um that cuz that that made me very very anxious um you know mm -hmm. and you know, having safe, that's another conversation. But um, so so I ended up kind of wanting to know because, you know, while I trust him that he would be implementing safer sex practices. Um, yeah, it, it just drove me a little crazy, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'd say that, Sophie, that's something that, um, you know, if you guys, you know, having that conversation in advance could be really important. So maybe it's that you agree that, you know, you're both going to take an STI test once a month just so that you're both feeling comfortable and less anxious about what's actually happening. And again, if that's agreed upon in advance, then nobody can get angry and it's kind of just like this ritual that you have within the relationship and that way everybody can feel good and, um, and not at risk because obviously that's not the intent of something like this. And Dr. Kimberly, what do you think about more of a hall pass, like sort of giving someone like a one time option <laughs> to explore outside the relationship? Yeah, well, again, I'd say like you have to really understand what works for you. And if you think, like, first of all, I'd say figure out what the problem is that you're trying to solve in the relationship. So what is a hall pass going to solve, right? And sometimes people suggest open relationships because usually, in my opinion, it's because they, need, they feel the need for excitement or for a new sexual encounter. And so what are you missing in the relationship that that sexual encounter will provide? And so you really need to understand what that would do for your relationship. And um, a hall pass could work. So I mean, it's something that I feel like a lot, I mean, everything in a relationship you should be open to. Um, research tells us that about 5% of people um, engage in open relationships, but that about 30 to 60% of people in their marriages will be unfaithful at some point. So a whole wow. Yeah. Which like yeah. kind of right? begs the question, why aren't we all just doing this I know. anyway yeah. and like talking right. about it up front? 
Yeah, so the, so something like that's pre-negotiated where everybody's open with each other, even if it is a hall pass, it could still be hurtful and it could still be very hard, but I say that's still better than the alternative of the people being incredibly frustrated and going outside of the marriage, which breaks their trust. And the trust is the most important thing, I think, in any relationship. You know, I didn't mean to take things in this direction, but it's like, <laughs> this is all feeling a little depressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, monogamy is boring. Everyone <laughs> cheats. But actually being in an open relationship is really hard. Yeah, I, I would agree. I just didn't even like really connect these dots. But, um, you know, bef- before I tried the polyamorous situation, I was cheated on and had no idea about it and then found out after the fact. And the lying was so awful that that factored into my decision to say, okay, well, I'll give this a chance. At least everything's out in the open. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. It's it's it's, it's kind yeah, of it's hard out there all around sometimes. And monogamy doesn't have to be boring, right? Like I think if you take a look at your relationship and you recognize, like, okay, maybe it's not as spicy as it once was. There are things that you can make a decision on together as a team to add things. Like, you know, let's say you, you don't want things. You Alex? don't want a threesome. You're not comfortable <laughs> with another partner. You don't want to open things up, but you also don't want to cheat. Maybe you Absolutely. like go to a strip club together mm-hmm. that you really like and like get a lap dance together and have a partner with you in an emotionally exciting way, in a physically exciting way, but not like penetratively exciting. And then <laughs> go home and have sex with each other and like picture it and talk about it. There are things you can do as a team that don't involve necessarily opening up your relationship if that's not for you. Yeah, I think, really I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, that's such <laughs> great advice. And really just about talking to your partner about what is missing. I mean, before you actually decide to open things up in that way as a last resort, have a conversation of what can we actually do to make this marriage or this relationship more exciting and fun and and satisfying for us both. And I think that that's really the courageous thing to do is um, to be in a monogamous relationship when relationships sometimes challenges us in ways that we don't expect and sometimes that can even be the more brave or risky thing to do because it's so scary to actually say how can we spice this up and, and make it fun for both parties but um, but I think that because open relationships can be so risky that that is the conversation you really should be having first to figure out if, there, if you've done everything that you can do um, because let's be real, more people equals more complications. If there's four people involved, it's going to be a lot more complicated than if there's two people involved. I feel, yeah, stressed out just thinking about it. I'm not really a good planner. <laughs> I don't think this is for me. <laughs> Dr. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining the podcast and for sharing all your insight with us. And I know that you have a YouTube channel. Where is the best place for people to follow you, um, get more of your brilliant advice, ask you more questions? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I give weekly advice on my relationship YouTube channel called Ask Kimberly. And my handle for social media is just at Kimberly Moffat. And is your YouTube channel, is that like youtube.com slash Ask Kimberly? Yeah. So it's just youtube.com slash Ask Kimberly. And it's weekly tips on relationships. I'm going to subscribe to that. (laughs) Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much. I would love to have you back on another episode soon. I would love to come on. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. 
Obviously, we've talked a lot about open relationships so far and what that means for you and a partner. But what happens if you open up your relationship just to save it? Our next guest is here to talk about just that. She's a reality TV personality, a rapper, an author and businesswoman who can currently be seen on WeTV's Marriage Boot Camp reality stars show Friday nights at 9 p.m. Please welcome Antonia Toya Wright. Hi, Toya. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good. Where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Atlanta, Georgia today. I'm home. You're home in Atlanta. Great. So we have been talking about open relationships all day long. It's been a juicy conversation here in the podcast. And we're really intrigued by your story on Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars. So you, so let me get this straight. You gave your husband an eight-day hall pass. Well, let me set the record straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> My husband, like you know, he's of course that he came up in the music industry, so you know how they kind of have the own little world going on. He's kind of used to threesomes and all of this, and I'm a different kind of girl. Like yeah. I'm not really with the threesomes and the open relationships and all of that. So one night, he just you know, kept asking me about the whole hall pass situation. And he's the type of guy that, you know, you have to play the reverse psychology game on him. So if you tell him he can do something, it's a chance he may not. But if you tell him he can, it's like he's all empty, like he's doing it because you said he can't do it. So I kind of figured that out about him. So the night he asked me about the hall pass thing again, um, I was like, you know, yeah, whatever, you can have a hall pass. But I was like saying it in a joking way, but I didn't know he was really going to take it like serious for real, for real. Right. Because he knows that I'm, you know, crazy. I've been and went off on him. So I'm like, okay. So he never mentioned anything else about it. Hmm. Crazy. um, A couple, like we ended up separating or whatever. I moved in my own spot. He moved in his own spot. And it came up again. You know, this was right before we filmed Marriage Boot Camp. Right. And he was, you know, he was shooting all these naked women, doing these photo shoots and stuff. And at this point, I felt like the relationship was already, like, you know, we were moving in two totally different directions. Right. I was like, you know, we just need to figure this out. So he kind of blew the whole hall pass thing up, I guess, because it was like a cool car for him. Right. So when we got on the show, he brought it up again. And I'm like, I have to deal with all these people and their opinions about it. I am not the hall pass girl. Yes, I did say it to him. You know, I you know I said it to him, but I had my reasons for saying it to him, thinking I was playing this game on him. But I didn't know he was really like using a hall pass. Yeah, I mean that's pretty slippery. Like he probably knew on some level you were joking, right? Yeah, I mean, guys, that just taught me a lesson. You can't joke into a guy like that because especially a guy like that. Right. You know, he takes things a little bit too far. So were you also granted a hall pass? No, I mean, I don't don't want a hall pass. It's not your thing. I'm in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah, that's really not my thing. If I'm in a relationship or marriage, like, I'm into that person. So... I'm satisfied. I'm good. Like, there's no need for me to go outside of the marriage or the relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't. Yeah. Re- I didn't want a hall pass. But my friends was like, "If he get a hall pass, you get a hall pass." Right. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm good. I don't. I don't want a hall pass. Well, that's been a conversation we've actually been having a lot on the episode is sort of the idea that an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship or a hall pass sounds really exciting, but kind of at the end of the day. 
is really complicated and I don't know that there can be it's, yeah it's complicated it is I mean I feel like if you open that up in your relationship or your marriage it's something that's gonna be hard to stop yeah. So say if you're into uh, threesomes or giving your husband a hall pass, how can you one day wake up and say, okay, we're no longer doing that without it being proper? That's a really good so that's yeah, yeah, you don't want to bring that into your marriage because then it's going to be an ongoing thing. And when you're tired of doing it, uh, you know, if it becomes a problem too big that you can't handle, you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And it becomes, you know, it starts to get complicated in a relationship. So, I, I mean... Personally, moving forward, whatever, that's something I would never play with again. You would never do. Do you know, do you have any friends where they have that kind of relationship and it does work for them? I mean, I I have friends that, that enjoy it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. to each his own, like, I I don't get it. I mean, I, I, mean, I wouldn't want to, I'm, I'm kind of like the... I wouldn't say the jealous girlfriend, but I'm not sharing. I cannot share my man with nobody and just be cool. Yeah. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you're doing a little bit too much. Stop it there. No. But I have friends that, I mean, they enjoy it. it, That's the way they please their man. Uh, They're into it just as much as the guy is. But I'm I'm not into girls like that, so... I mean, it don't work for me like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't even like to share, like, my dessert. Let <laughs> right. alone my man. <laughs> I don't have a man, but yeah. theoretically. <laughs> so, Toya, when and you, well. you know, if and when you get into a new relationship, like, do you now feel like you have to sort of, like, do you feel like people have this idea of you, like you're, you know, into this kind of open relationship or you give out hall passes when it's so oh obvious God. that that's not, that's not true? This show has, you know, people with the crazy misconceptions about my relationship and me dating. So it's like, I don't know if guys have an ulterior motive. Like now when I meet them, it's like, they're like, okay, yeah, she's a hall pass girl. I got to get down with her. Like, I don't know what people thinking, but they really come at me on this hall pass thing. And it's crazy. And I'm really not that girl. Right. Like, it's, it's, I mean... It, it, it's been crazy when that came out it's like girls start coming like how you know that's gonna give my dude a hall pass i'm like no 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 <laughs> like that is not <laughs> well you're setting the record straight <laughs> right. you're like yeah. the only thing i gave him was a joke that he obviously couldn't take um yeah. so what was yeah, it like to work through a relationship in front of reality tv cameras that was um Working for a relationship with real issues, you know, because we're one of the couples that's been married for a while on a show along with Lisa and Adam. And it's like, you know, dealing with it alone is one thing and dealing with it in front of a lot of different people with different opinions and cameras rolling is a totally different thing, Mm -hmm. you know. So it was, it's days, you know, everybody will have something to say about each other's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they'll be like, uh, you crazy. I would have never gave him no hope. But, you know, like, they yeah. jokes and stuff about things that's going on and, and, you know, in our marriage or whatever. And I feel like, even to this day, like, if I was the hall pass girl and I was cool with that, I feel like everybody relationship and marriage is different. What works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for me. And I can't judge you because right. that's something you're happy with and you're cool with it. And your partner is, it works for you. 
Right. You know, I just know that it, you know, it's just not my thing. I wouldn't, you know, bash you. And a lot of girls in the house, you know, would say things that have an opinion and kind of like judge a situation because they're not, you know, it, it doesn't fit them. Right. And we're really like a judgment free, ju- judgment free zone here at Cosmo. But I think that's actually one of the reasons it's good to talk about stuff like this in the podcast, because I think there is a lot of there can be a lot of judgment around anybody that has any kind of relationship or, um, you know, sexual preference that's kind of like outside the norm. So, you know, even to have you say like this wasn't for me, you know, if it was for you, you do you, you know, right. Exactly. Like, that's why now I'm working on a book. Actually, I'm getting ready to release a book. It's called, it's called In My Own Words. And it's kind of clearing up a lot of these, you know, misconceptions. Like, the relationship stuff, my relationship with my ex-husband, my relationship with Mickey, my family stuff. It's just like a whole lot of stuff because it's a lot of misconceptions out there. Yeah. Well, you for sure have a lot of stories to tell. When is your, do you have a release date yet for your book? It's going to be this fall. I know we don't have an exact date yet, but we're finishing it up now. Okay. So we'll have a release date in, an, in, a, in the next few weeks. Okay. Well, we will all keep an eye out for that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Toya. It was so great chatting with you and to get the real story on that hall pass situation. <laughs> yes, no hall pass. No hall, no hall pass. pass. Just a joke. Yeah. If you want to give your man a hall pass, go right ahead. But it's just not my thing. And, and just beware of the problems that comes along with hall pass. Duly noted. Well said. Theme, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Toya. Talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, can I just say men? <laughs> she brings this up as a joke and the guy takes it seriously. That's I know. insane. I can't imagine. Like, think about uh, all the jokes you've made, like with a boyfriend on our date or like, yeah. like with a partner. Just like, imagine if they took every single one I of know. them seriously. Right. And like, I feel like even like threesomes and whatever, like everyone knows that's like a sexy thing to talk about. That uh-huh. isn't the same as like Oh, it's gotta be so much it. harder in practice. Yeah. 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 Logistics. <laughs> Logistics. <laughs> I like how I keep bringing this entire conversation back to, like, the most boring. I'm like, the planning. No, <laughs> the- uh, totally. It's, um, yeah, God, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they'll make an app now for, like, how to negotiate your first threesome. It's funny. Right. One of um, my <laughs> ex-boyfriend's girlfriends, one of, because he has multiple now, was texting me. Sure, She's like, sure. <laughs> She's like, how... Wait, is this recording? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but we can edit it out. <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to tell this story. Um, just, just the... Pl- yeah, just the planning seems exhausting. Um, I'm, the whole story was that someone who is now trying to be Polly was asking me for advice, and I was just like, girl, I don't know. I, I failed miserably. It wasn't for me. You're asking the wrong person. You're yeah. asking someone who, like, clearly did not like it. My advice is run. Right. My advice is don't. <laughs> Well, on that note, I, for one, have learned a lot today. Same, same. Thank you guys both so much for joining. And we always end by shouting out. I don't know why I say shouting out, because it can be more organized than that. Woo! Woo! Everybody! Shout it out! But um, letting people know where they can follow you. So, Allie, where is the best place for people to follow you um, besides reading everything, all the amazing sex and relationships content that you publish Always. every day on Cosmopolitan.com. Go to Cosmo. Um, no, yes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allie underscore Drucker. And Sophie, where's the best place for people to follow you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram would also be lovely. And my handle is the Bowie Cat. 
that's the Bowie is in David Bowie and Cat is in the the creatures I love so much. <laughs> <laughs> and are you working on anything at the moment you can tell us about that people should look forward to? Um, gosh. Oh, golly gosh. <laughs> um, I, I, to be honest, as we're recording this, I, I'm pretty heavily um, covering the conventions, actually, doing some political mm-hmm. stuff. So I can't really think that far ahead of that. But, right. but follow me on Twitter and I'll tweet out all the articles I have going and that'd be great. All your amazing pieces. Well, thank you both so much. It was amazing to talk to you about open relationships, which I am never in my life going to attempt. <laughs> um, and thank you all for listening to another episode of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. Please share it, rate it, like it, do all the things you do with the podcast. And as always, you can follow me everywhere at Elisa Benson. E-L-I-S-A-B-E-N-S-O-N. And if there are topics you want to see us talk about and become slowly afraid of on future episodes of the podcast, always let me know. See you guys next week. Bye. such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.